Hello everyone, welcome to Anime News and Reviews Podcast. This is your host Speedy and with me today are Colton and Blake. Hello! How do you do? As always. So today we are finishing up a review of Neon Genesis Evangelion, the movie series. This is, I'm just going to call it 4.1. It's technically 3.1 plus 1.1, but that's just 4.1. Or 4.0, I don't like you saying one. 3.0 plus 1.0, thrice upon a time. Oh, yeah. So yeah, 4.0. It's the fourth movie. Um, The final movie in the rebuild of Evangelion. Yes. And then at the end of this episode, Colton will... Uh, give us his recommendation so look forward to that stay tuned for the end to find that one out um if you haven't listened to the last episode or so we did a a news episode last time and two episodes ago we did the 3.0 episode uh unfortunately i was not there for that one but what was that one called uh you cannot advance there we go Alright, yeah, so two episodes ago was that. Last week was uh, a news episode. Uh, So this week we are finishing up this review, finally. It's been a while. Uh, Next time we will be doing another news episode. And the episode after that, we will be doing a special Naruto episode. Um, Essentially, we will be discussing the Naruto series as what we think, what we like, what we don't like, what our favorite parts were, what we think should have been changed, our favorite characters, ignore that please, oh my dear lord. Um, we obviously <laughs> have, for, right from the bat. Like, Sasuke is literally not my favorite character, I just wanted to let you know that. <laughs> <laughs> it's C from the Hidden Cloud, come on dog. Oh, that makes sense, that makes sense. Uh, <laughs> the only reason I went with the whole Sasuke thing is because it literally the second I said that I heard the voice drop in Speedy and he was like, are you serious? But I do like Sasuke, but he's not my favorite. I can't. Anyway, we'll get that. We, yeah. we all, we have things we agree on, things we don't agree on, so it'll be a fun episode. It'll probably, probably be one of our longest ones, because we have a lot to talk about, um, uh, if you're a Sakura hater, um, we will be talking about why you shouldn't be and how she is not useless. So, just so you know. There you go. X-F-A-X. Alright, let's get this episode going. Uh, Blake, let's finish Evangelion. Let's go, So, movie opens up with uh, the uh, counter-resistance group, uh, Villa, the anti-nerf group, uh, led by... Misato Katsuragi. They're currently in Paris, um, France, at the, it's basically like the Euro branch division of Nerve, essentially. And uh, so they go over there to the outskirts of it, and it's kind of similar to how Tokyo 3 has turned into since we last saw it. It's kind of just covered in all this red, like, kind of looks almost like angel blood, but they call it a core material. So it's kind of been converted into that. Um, and so they, they sent a team down from the AAA Vunder, uh, made up of uh, Ritsuko, the chief science officer, and then uh, Maya and her three. They have it listed as her male underlings, I guess. Uh, but 
I think her like true whole thing for like the last two movies was like uh, this is the problem with young men or something like that. And then also Mari. Yo, teenage boys her, suck. Uh, She's not wrong. And then there's a uh, Mari and her unit eight. And uh, so they all land. Uh, so they're on top of this uh, black pillar, trying to uh, basically unlock enough material that they're actually able to awaken the pillar and then uh, sort of like reduce the area of corrosion so that they actually have air to breathe in and they can actually start taking bits and pieces of the earth back for humanity. Um, and also to gain supplies for their own uh, warships and Evangelion units. So Ritsuko, she's kind of like the lookout while Maya and her group, they're there to, like I said before, kind of connect to the pillar using these laptops in order to continue the activation of an anti-L system. Uh, so a team of Europeans, I guess they had previously died while attempting to do it, and so they're kind of the second to try, I guess. So all of a sudden, they're kind of ambushed, large numbers of a new Ava type. They're referred to as the Mark 44As. They appear in like two different waves, and so they have Mari and her Unit 8 to try and fight them off. Um, and she's assisted by a uh, Sumere Nagara, who's using the uh, AAA Wonders cable flight abilities. So she fights them off. She manages to defeat that first wave, and then all of a sudden, two new Ava types appear uh, from some kind of like a hidden cocoon. The Mark Quadruple Four C. Um, with a positron cannon, and then a small army of generator-equipped uh, Mark 44Bs that are used to supply power to it. That positron generator is so uh, that they can uh, catch ghosts, by the way. It's, it's some dummy-thick shit. <laughs> so the cable-suspended warships that are equipped with several... Uh, they're referred to as Enhanced Shields of Virtue. They're used to stop the first shot from the Postron cannon, uh, but then Mari realizes she may have to take slightly more risky measures to stop it from going off a second time. So, um, once again, with um, Nagara's assistance from the warship, the AAA Wonder, from Villa, uh, in the sky above, um, Unit 8 charges at the Quadruple 4C with part of the fallen Eiffel Tower and it ends up costing the Evangelion unit 8 its own legs but she's able to twist the tower straight down into the Mark Quadruple 4C's Positron Cannon's barrel resulting in the destruction of it as well as the rest of the Mark 44B's Hey Blake Yeah. Are you on evangelion.fandom.com? A what? Uh, are you on a website right now? Why? Just answer my question. Uh, perhaps. Because <laughs> I am, because uh, the fandom for this movie has the plot. And I'm looking at, uh, following along with that, and the words you're using are awfully similar. So I thought it was just kind of funny. 
because I was yeah, reading this yeah. and it's like I'm just reading this and Blake is saying the exact same thing with the exact same words and it's just kind of funny <laughs> that's crazy <laughs> anyway it was just something really funny to me uh, you can continue okay so uh, <laughs> Maya and her team uh, that's around the pillar they managed to successfully activate it with what was it like 15 seconds left to go and the entire time they were stressing out like we need more time dramatic clicking intensifies oh uh, yes anime and, uh, time yeah I just thought the whole just the Eiffel Tower and then using this destroyed landmark to obliterate the, this giant mech, I thought that was like the most like Japanese animation, like kaiju mech fight type oh, thing yeah. you could possibly ever see ever. I just thought it was hysterical. I loved it. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, I see that. Uh, was a huge fan of that. Uh, yeah, no, they, they get the pillar to activate. Um, I guess it's like one of the ceiling pillars that we saw previously in two of the other films. Um, and it makes like a radius of sorts that pushes the coronation back. And there you go, they restored a part of the city. Um, they're also able to collect uh, from Euro Nerves branch, like several of the various uh, equipment that they had stored there. Uh, specifically, like spare Evangelion parts as well as uh, ammunition uh, components for their ships, things like that. Um, so they have two more teams in some of their warships coming down. Um, uh, they're told that Unit 2 would be repaired as well as Unit 8, and that 8 would be modified with an overlap ability. Uh, that Mari says she's um, going to. So that she'll use it and that she promises to come back for uh, Shinji and although I think in the movie she actually said something like uh, I'm coming to get you doggy boy or something like that uh, yeah then there's during the opening credits there's a whole montage of this red earth locations that have been turned into core and uh, like what I mentioned with Colton before in the last one, uh, the failures of infinity, they're kind of covered all across just the ground, and there's a, like an anti-gravity effect that's causing the objects around them to sort of float. So now you have like all these Evangelion-looking things on littered across the entire planet that I believe are supposed to represent like whole groups of human beings. And then... Uh, yeah, now we cut back to Shinji's group, uh, Asuka and Ray. Uh, I guess it, we just refer to it as like Ray 2, the second clone compared to the previous Ray that Shinji was trying to save. Ray, but again. Yeah. That's what I used so to say. When they're walking across to the Earth's surface, I don't remember where specifically they were at, but they're just kind of basically walking around like all these different ruins and abandoned cities. It honestly looks like something straight out of the first uh, The Last of Us game. I had something to compare it to that wasn't really anime, but it's fair to give you that post apocalyptic vibe, kind of. Well, it kind of is a post apocalyptic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, Asuka, she's. I don't know what it was, but it was like kind of like there's this device I guess is in like the wrist side of like some of their plug suits or something, and then she also has this like compass that she's able to use I guess to like locate her people uh, in Villa, 
So, um, they do eventually arrive at a settlement, uh, referred to as uh, Village 3. Uh, it's been able to be kept free from the coreification process through the ceiling pillars that they have available to them. Uh, and all the while, this entire time, you know, they've been on their own on this journey on foot. Um, just the three of them, Shinji's kind of been essentially, uh, what's the word? I guess catatonic. It, he's basically a zombie. Uh, after seeing uh, Kaoru be murdered the way he did and realizing that he was basically that close to starting another impact and literally ending the entire fucking world. Not that he wanted that to happen, but that that almost happened because of him. But once again, because no one would just give him the straight facts, the straight dope, if you will. Uh, but yeah. The straight dope. Yeah. I thought you'd like yeah, that. Yeah, first time I've ever heard that. <laughs> but I like it. Why, thank you. So, they end up meeting... Uh, at this point, because of the time skip, uh, since they're all Evangelion pilots, so they haven't really aged at all, but it's been like, what, 14, 13, 14 years? Uh, yeah, since, some, something yeah. like that. So, the last two movies, we've been in the time skip world, and so now, uh, yeah, they meet basically an adult virgi uh, version of uh, Toji, Suzuhara, Kinsuke Aida, and uh, Hakari Horaki, who is basically just the class rep. Uh, the other whole thing. They kind of flesh it out more in the original NGE. Um, as well as uh, her father, uh, Bunzaimon Horaki. And uh, yeah, it turns out Toji and the class rep, Hikari, they got married and they had a child together named uh, Subame Suzuhara. Uh, and Toji has basically at this point become sort of like the. Uh, fill in for the village three's doctor of sorts and he kind of just takes what he comes by and he kind of handles it the best he can even though he has like no official medical training it's all basically been uh everything he's learned up to this point in the medical field it's basically been from experience out of necessity and so that's how he helps to take care of the people of village three now and uh, meanwhile, Kinsuke, so he's kind of become a sort of jack-of-all-trades handyman and engineer, I'd say. Um, and I guess he's apparently acts kind of like a semi-close friend to Asuka. I guess some people said he was like a father figure to her. I didn't really see it. Uh, That's fair. I, I couldn't say the same. Yeah, I was about to say, I for me, I didn't get that vibe at all. I got, like, maybe he enjoyed supervising her and her interactions with Shinji to make sure things didn't go to complete shit. Because this entire time, while Shinji is, like, struggling to even really move or eat anything, let alone sleep, like, even seeing the sight of his own friends, people that he long thought were dead or that he had potentially killed by his own hand unintentionally, and the fact that he didn't have a reaction at all, so that kind of struck me as a little odd. At the very least, I'd be like, oh, thank fucking God, people I know, <laughs> you know? <laughs> you think that'd be enough to kind of slightly lift up your spirits a little bit. But, 
that was no spirits case. are allowed to be lifted in this show, Blake. Apparently you know better. God damn. Yeah, this. Yeah, come on, man. This was easily some of the rougher parts of the whole thing, and then uh, so they they never really show any hatred towards Shinji, uh, Toji, or Kinsuke. I thought that was kind of nice that they didn't really blame him necessarily for some of the results that came from the near third impact and then the actual third impact. Um, they're just trying to kind of help him recover from his trauma, which I like that they were trying to do that to the best of their abilities. Um, and I guess at one point, Asuka came out of the shower and Shinji saw her naked and then she starts going into a rant at him about something like all of his inaction and being comatose, essentially trying to get over his trauma. And all he sees is not the fact that Asuka's naked and wrapped in a towel. No, no, no. He sees the DSS choker that's on her neck and then ends up vomiting almost right away after remembering how Kaoru died. Uh, and basically, this kind of goes on for a bit. Uh, all the while, during this time, Ray has kind of simultaneously been out experiencing the whole everything that Village 3 has to offer. And she's been interacting with uh, Toji, Suzuhara's baby, uh, Subame. They're, he's been interacting with their kid, having fun, meeting the old grannies at, down by the rice paddies in Village 3 and helping them plant stuff and help them thrive and survive for a couple more months to a couple more years, who knows. And she's just kind of becoming a part of this settlement, essentially. All the while, she mostly does most of it in a plug suit. And she still doesn't understand why people think that's a little odd. But hey, yeah, she's so learning. Kinda, yeah, you know, you can't, can't, can't fault her too much. She's learning, you know, she's inexperienced. She hasn't really interacted with a lot of just, like, normal, kind-hearted human beings before. Yeah. She's really only ever been around uh, Gindo, who's a total dick. True. That is true. So... True. He's pretty yeah. bad. And eventually it gets to a point where I guess Asuka, so she notices that Shinji hasn't really been eating at all, and if he doesn't, he probably will die. And so, in a fit of rage at his own inaction and his whole hedgehog's dilemma type person and his current catatonic state, she gets extremely pissed off at him and then decides, all right, well, if you're not going to fucking eat, then I'm just going to force feed this shit down your fucking throat. Which she literally does. <laughs> and then, uh, he just slumps back to the floor in defeat with food in his belly now. And, uh, she. Uh, this I didn't actually notice the first time around, but she actually starts to wear a scarf around her neck in order to avoid causing him to freak out or throw up. In How the nice. That's very yeah, nice of her. Nice. It's the, it's the little actions that you don't notice right yeah. away. Uh, and all the while she continues to play on what I imagine is like a take on a Game Boy. And she's just kind of gaming and just kind of sticks to that. Games she, she's, and she's actually just an e-girl. That's all it is. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, but yeah. Uh, and then she'll, eventually there will be these moments where Shinji will occasionally he'll go outside and when he does go outside on the rare occasion that he does so he'll usually visit this uh 
it's like an actual piece of like an abandoned nerve facility where at we don't really know specifically it's just like a part of it like a really small piece just these like white concrete structures and he'll just kind of go out there and look on the water and at this point ray would like occasionally leave food for him be like you just seem like you need some help essentially and at one point that was enough to cause him to break down in tears like someone showing him that level of intimacy and kindness not in necessarily a romantic way but as like a friendly way trying to help heal another wounded soul and he just kind of broke down from that because he felt that he wasn't worthy of that kind of help or love or care and all the while Asuka has also been like low-key like tailing if not Ray then at the really Shinji she'll kind of like hide in the background just to see where he runs off to and goes and She'll kind of like put her console down and leave it over at uh, Kinsuke's while she goes off to low-key stock Shinji, I guess. Woo, stocking. Yeah. <laughs> All the while still being pissed at him and having this like really shitty stare on her face, but like looking to see that he's okay and that he's either alive or that Ray's there with him. And so that kind of goes on for a while. Um, but yeah, um... Satoji, Akari, they kind of come to a realization that uh, the Ray that's been staying with them at Village 3 for a while isn't the original Ray, but possibly like a clone or a lookalike, and that's why they start calling her lookalike. Uh, once again, you know, she learns more about the world. She's confused over the existence of things like pregnant cats and babies and greetings, good morning, good night and all that pregnant kitties yeah settles down to the village essentially which is kind of nice um i don't remember she tried going to their school at all trying to learn or anything like that while she was in the village i just remember her kind of helping with like the farm folk and whatnot um but they yeah the village three and just the entire settlement's been supported by this organization known as Credit, spelled K-R-E-D-I-T, which is actually basically just uh, Misato's anti-nerve group Villa, uh, working through this other company to help bring supplies to any uh, remaining surviving human settlements. I love Misato. Yeah. So. Uh, she she was my favorite character throughout the whole thing. Yeah. She she, she did her best, you know. She did. Yeah. She tried. We were honest work. Uh, <laughs> so Ray, at some point, visits Shinji again and asks him to give her a name other than being referred to as just lookalike. Only she doesn't really know what name she should have, and she feels like he should be able to give her one, but he's never able to decide on it, which I thought that was kind of rough. Why did Blake brush over that joke? That was funny. Wait, what now? <laughs> the honest work one. Thanks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was laughing. I muted my mic, but I was laughing. <laughs> and I'm like, just brushed over it. <laughs> anyway. Continue. So, Kinsuke, he uh, starts to take Shinji out to this uh, building, this sort of infrastructure to introduce him essentially to uh, Kaji's son who was also named Ryoji Kaji exactly like his father 
so they go to this area like way out in the sticks essentially uh and he finds out it's misato and raji kaji's son uh, and that he essentially works there helping to repair the various villa built machines uh part of the organization credit keeping the village safe and whatnot so that, that it doesn't turn into core um and toji and kinsuke uh talk to shinji and tell him that uh Basically, what happened was uh, his dad, uh, Kaji, so he died um, as a result of the third impact. And we see like a brief snippet of him. It looks like he's entering like some kind of like a hovercraft or like a hover fighter or something like that. And at first I thought, my first time watching it, that it was an Evangelion that he was entering into, but I guess it wasn't. But uh, they mentioned how, because of him and something that he did, that he was able to help stop the complete third impact altogether, which we never see that fully, which I thought was kind of frustrating. Because there were some parts that felt like people the audience needed to see to help clarify some things, and we never got that. And that was uh, one of them, in my opinion. But, uh, yeah, and kind of Misato's kind of mindset and the current state of things and how she still technically does claim responsibility for Shinji's actions in a way, even though she's never said it. Um, and so he finally decides to... Um, so Shinji decides to give a name to the new Ray clone uh, and decides he's going to just basically call her Ayanami. Uh, but due to her needing to be constantly exposed at a certain point in time to uh, LCL in order to stay alive, essentially, uh, she decides to just thank him and to, for helping her uh, find some measure of happiness and life, just in general. And then, unfortunately, she turns into LCL right in front of him. She, like, just explodes and turns into this fluid. And so, once again, Shinji's just kind of laying there, shocked, like, I just watched another person die in front of me. Huh, would you look at that? It's what happens when you take acid, kids. Yeah. Uh, People might start exploding in front so, of you. He's shocked, but it's implied that that whole <laughs> situation and her experience in the village kind of helped him to recover from his own trauma slowly but surely and so at some point uh asuka finally is able to get the triple a wonder and misato's people to village three where they meet up and shinji finally decides to muster up the strength to go along with her and to try and help pay for his what he perceives to be his own sins throughout this whole thing by going along with them and being kept in confinement or prison or whatever with misato and her people and sure enough, the AAA Wonder arrives, they unload, bring some materials back, take some stuff with them, essential personnel and the like. Um, Kinsuke and Toji, they do ask if Shinji wants to stay in the village, but he tells them, nah, I'm just going to go on board with the AAA Wonder with Asuka anyway. Asuka decides to allow it. Uh, a little shocker there. Thought she'd actually try to kill him. Low-key. Uh... But she does end up tasing him, 
There because we go. Of villas, rules, what have you. I mean, you gotta do what you gotta do, you know. Yeah. So sometimes you just have to tase people. I mean, yeah, yeah. Even though he's clearly willingly choosing to come along now, seems to have mellowed out. So you never know, Shinji. Yeah, he he wakes up. He's back on board the AAA Wonder. I believe he's in a similar room to where he was originally before. Uh, this time, Sakura Suzuhara, Toji Suzuhara's sister, is there again, and she ends up slapping him. Like, I told you to never get inside of a tougher having killed you, Mr. Akari. God damn it. Or something like that. That was the most perfect impression I have ever heard. And <laughs> it was absolutely phenomenal. And uh, then she just kind of breaks down and cries and says that she's still happy that he's alive and that he's okay though uh so then he's placed in an isolation chamber and he's placed under security surveillance 24 7 once again um with uh sakura and uh asuka both showing a level of puzzlement at his return and learning of kaoru's death from the choker and the records, because I guess apparently it kept a track of each DSS choker detonation. And uh, so the crew on the bridge with Misato, they kind of go through the whole situation, ask everyone how they feel about it. Uh, Mari meets up with Asuka, um, and they kind of have a brief conversation, a little tit-for-tat back and forth, kind of teasing each other, and... Uh, Asuka says that uh, Shinji is someone who uh, doesn't need a girlfriend, he needs a mother. And uh, yeah, that's Rito, true. Yeah, Ritsuko and Misato, they kind of discuss their intentions for him. Uh, while aboard a room in the AAA Wonder. And uh, they kind of take a brief trip to the... Uh, it's a room filled with these uh, sort of seeds of life, as they call it for like all the different species and plants on earth that they were able to fit in there uh, which was supposed to be I guess the original purpose of the AAA wonder um, based on Ryoji Kaji's desires for the planet and whatnot and this kind of Misato trying to keep that promise to him and to make sure his legacy lives on in a way um, Ritsuko what did she do She, she mentions kind of how Misato clearly is happy to see Shinji again, despite having a very kind of stern, expressionless, kind of a stoic face, despite all this. And uh, she's just trying so hard, and that hiding those feelings is only going to cause like further pain or heartbreak. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Fuyutsuki is kind of going through another monologue about uh, the potential fourth impact as well I as just wanted to moon. mention I didn't mention this before because I didn't really think of it but I don't like that the fact that his name is Fuyutsuki and it's too pretty of a name for him Fuyutsuki Fuyutsuki <laughs> means snow moon oh that's adorable or winter moon sorry <laughs> Fuyu is winter uh, and Ski is uh, yeah. moon Anyway, too pretty of a name for him. Yeah. 
So he goes into a monologue about the potential fourth impact and the Black Moon, as well as Shinji and the fate of the... He says it's the Ayanami Type 6, which I actually did not catch the first time around. Uh, wondering if uh, Gendo cho willingly chose to make Shinji experience the same losses he did with uh, uh, Shinji's mother. So Shinji losing, or so Gendo losing his wife as she goes into the core of Unit 1 versus Shinji watching Ray die in front of him. Not the Ray, but a version of Ray, which that's low-key kind of fucked. It's like, for God's sakes, all you had to do was pat your kid on the back, tell him it's going to be okay, and try to be a decent fucking dad. And move on with your lives, but no, 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 no. It's not that me, hard to not be that bad. But, but let me go ahead and just volunteer my wife to be the core for a fucking mech that requires a human soul. That's totally kosher. Oh my god. It's like just sweet Jesus. So, the Black Moon from the last movie, it's kind of like that weird looking, it looks like two, uh, uh, how do I describe it? It's basically like two cones that have lost a lot of their shape, essentially, at this point. It's like a bunch of jagged, spiked, swirly edges. And that looks like they've been eaten into by, like, termites or some shit. So... Gendo and Fuyutsuki, they're basically steering it uh, towards the uh, center of what was the second impact in Antarctica over by the cavalry base, uh, which was Nerve's former base there, um, as a trying to help start the uh, restart, the Evangelion Unit 13, which is in that like little, what looks like that little leftover piece of a prism from like the geofront. So they're kind of somehow able to steer this whole thing toward this base in order to restart an Evangelion unit. Uh, Misato and Ritsuko get the red alert on their AAA wonder, showing that they're about to attempt to reactivate another Evangelion unit. Um, and they complete a signal suspension plug in order to try and help stop it. Uh, then Misato and her crew on the bridge discuss how Kaji died and their determination to help stop Nerve and restore the world to its original form. Uh, so Asuka and Mari, they get their new plug suits. Um, and then Mari once again decides to go to where Shinji's being held and reintroduces herself to him. Both her and Asuka both actually go there to see him. Uh, <clears throat> and, uh, she does, like, the whole thing, I'm pretty sure, with, like, the guess who. It's like, uh... And she's like, oh, it's, you know, girl, glasses, big boobs. Like, oh. <laughs> Typical. And then, uh, yeah, and then Asuka and Shinji have a conversation, and he finally tells her that he understands why she was angry at him for his inaction in the last movie. Uh... Which she asked him why she was angry with him. Uh, and she finally expresses that she did at one point have feelings for him. 
and that she liked him, probably had a crush on him at the time, just that she grew up first, and that she kind of grew ahead of him. Then she kind of, like, leaves the room dramatically. And then Mari follows in behind her, and then they eventually hop into their Evangelion units. Bang it out. Uh, <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Yeah, at this point, you never know. It really seemed to me, at least, like it was implied. One way to get Shinji to grow Mari's up. Based on Mari's behavior, I, I don't know. But yeah, no, so they hop into their own separate individual Evangelion units while Shinji stays behind in his little prison cell of sorts. Uh, he has a vision of Kaoru for a brief while, um, discussing how they would eventually meet again. And uh, Shinji deciding to agree. Uh, and then the AAA Vunder heads off toward Antarctica with the goal of stopping Unit 13. And Masato refers to it as uh, Operation Yamo uh, Yamato. Yamato. So, yeah. Uh, they get close to. Oh, just wait till you meet Yamato, Yamato in One Piece. Just wait. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> So at this point, they get close toward uh, Antarctica uh, when the AAA Vunder's attacked by uh, three different uh, Nerve warships, the NHG series. All three of them are referred to as NHG, uh, which turns out they didn't have an actual uh, definition for NHG, so I couldn't tell you what that means, actually. I am I apologize. Um, but yeah, they are the Earl Song, the Herbzinda, and Gebet. And I'm pretty sure I just butchered the Those were two. some sounds, weren't they? Yeah. And they're all somehow simultaneously under Fuyutsuki's control. It's okay, I don't think I could do much better. Yeah. Well, uh, oh, it says the uh, says Ederson the guy Ederson going to school Japanese. These aren't Japanese what words. What kind of college education are you getting? These are like German or something. The first two are Leave German, me alone. Sure. So, yeah. But no, I just love how so they finally get to the area of the Antarctica and they're flying through, and all of a sudden they're stopped by Fuyutsuki and his three ships. And he's like. I am sorry, but I cannot afford to allow you to go any further. Oh, what was it? It was like, I'm sorry, but you'll have to indulge Gendo and his silly games for a little longer. It's basically like a typical like final boss saying from like an old school N64 game, like some sci-fi game like Star Fox or something. I'm sorry, but you'll not be allowed to go any further past this point. Like, uh, you sure shall you not pass. Or if it's EA, or if it was made by EA, you just have to pay for it. True. Yeah, those microtransactions. Uh, that's, that's what they should have thought of. So the lender is slowly, they do officially, uh, well, what was it? So they're flying over what looks, to me, it looked like an ice sheet, but apparently it's actually like some sort of a AT field of sorts that's been solidified. That's at least what I got from it. And basically, what happened was, uh, so, it's referred to as an L containment field, and uh, I guess what happened was Kaji, before he, this is at some point during the time skip, before he had died during the stopping of the third impact, he managed to help 
steal the triple A wonder for Villa and for Misato and everyone else. And he was able to get some, I guess, data that he was able to recover for NTL systems for the ship, which I guess is supposed to kind of help it survive going through what looks like an ice sheet over the Antarctica, but it's that elk containment field. Uh, because apparently man is not supposed to be able to pass through it or whatnot. It has something to do with deification and a bunch of other terms that I... Are you sure they don't mean defecation? You know, at this point... <laughs> uh, those are definitely two very different words, sir. Yeah. Oh. So, so <laughs> Sorry. They're their way through the containment field, and they're working their way toward the cavalry base, which at this point seems like it's like a thousand feet down in whichever direction they're heading toward. And I'm not gonna lie, it was actually hard at this point in the movie to figure out what the fuck was going on. Like, <laughs> how do you think I felt? Are they navigating in? Is this base? Was it originally on land? How did? Why is there this sheet of ice that isn't ice? What the fuck's going on? Then where's the actual ground? Where's the water? Is this even Earth anymore? I don't know. <laughs> fuck if we know. Or sorry, hey, heck if we know. Headed to the forbidden ground zero. The cavalry base, and so site of the second impact, the AAA Wonder finally goes down, and they're like, "All right, here we go." They do this whole thing with Foyutsky and his battleships, and they eventually lose them for a bit, and then uh, eventually they're swarmed by these like skeleton-looking mechs, which I guess are just like a bunch of mass-produced uh, Evangelion Unit Mark Sevens. They have no pilots, and I'm assuming they use a dummy plug system. Okay, they're, okay. They're, they're completely autonomous. They are also considered mock AVAs, uh, mass production models. They're probably like real like low production quality. Yeah. So cheap metals. Yeah. They swarm them. They're able to somehow get inside of a L containment field and sustain being underneath one, but hey, whatever. So during the fight, the AAA Wonder tries to use uh, guided missiles to, as part of its fleet to Yeah. Okay, so they use d missile destroyers, like actual warships, like just normal float-on-water-on-sea warships, as sort of giant guided missiles, essentially. Meanwhile, Asuka, uh, Mari and Asuka both, they hop into their own Evangelion units, and they finally are able to get off of the AAA Wonder, and they make their way through swarms of Evangelion units, and this has got to be probably one of the better parts of the whole film as far as the animations go, along with the Paris fight. So, Asuka basically starts taking out all these Mark 7s, and then at some point she gets her hands on what's essentially a giant mech-sized minigun, but it's like an energy-based minigun. And just starts letting rip on all these guys. Once again, their whole goal is to try and get to this little section of what looks like a piece of the geo front, where the Evangelion Unit 13 actually is, in order to stop them from restarting it. So they have to destroy it by hand. Or not by hand, but on their own, essentially. And so Asuka and Mari both are trying to help stop the Evangelion Unit 13, and Asuka is just on this mission, like an orbital, like an orbital, uh, drop trooper 
from like Halo or something like an ODST. <laughs> I was literally about to say from like ODST, bro. Get out of here! I'm just like Hey, speaking of that, she's going down and she's just opening fire, letting them have it the whole way around in like a spiral. You're crazy, dude. All these Mark 7s are exploding. You got all these cross-shaped explosions going on. Like, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ. Worship Jesus. Never. Master Chief. I only worship Halo, bitch. Ah. Yes, sir. Speaking of Halo. Yeah. Came out today. Halo Infinite. Infinite. Oh, shit. Yeah. I got to play that at some point. But, uh, yeah. So you guys good? Happens. Uh, they eventually get to where the Evangelion Unit 13 is stationed at currently. Uh, at least Asuka does. Uh, and she proceeds to attack it uh, with an anti-core-based weapon in order to stop it. However, it puts up an AT field that shouldn't be there. Because at this point in time, 13's already technically, I, don't, you can, I guess you can't say it's been activated, but it has been awakened since the last film. And so wings of light start to appear uh, directly from the cavalry base, similar to what had happened during the second impact in the rebuild timeline. Um, which shows that there at some point was another attempted impact, which was not in line with uh, Zella, the evil shadow organization's scenario at all. Um, so then Asuka decides, all right, time for drastic measures here, since I can't stop it right now with what I'm doing now. She decides to take her eye patch off and removes one of the uh, restraints within her, uh, the restraint within her own eye, which is what's keeping the ninth angel in check and under her control. And essentially turns into a new Ninth Angel and converts Unit 2 into a radiating energy giant. And uh, Is it so a mecha anime if the mechas don't transform a bunch of times? I mean, Gundam exists, man. Exactly. They don't really transform. <laughs> it's one of the most popular, if not the most popular. I don't know, I feel like Evangelion's more popular. Uh, Gundam is no. more popular by a wide margin, but uh, Evangelion does have its own popular spot in the world of anime, just as like its own standalone thing. For me. That's fair. Yeah. There's but no way do. Evangelion's better than or bigger yeah. than Gundam. Yeah, Gundam, man, just Gunpla sets alone. Holy hell, dude! Nike literally just dropped a set of dunks, like modeled after Gundam, that are like worth like two hundred dollars, three hundred dollars. Yeah. What? Yeah, I tried to say anything. I it was like such a quick thing, but like I um uh, I tried to get into it. I tried like because like I use this app to where like you put in a submission for it, and if you get submitted, um, or if you get chosen, you know what I'm saying, you get the the shoe that when it releases because there's there are not very many of them, um, and you get it for retail rather than going to StockX and paying whatever, yeah, for it. Um, but I didn't get. I haven't gotten selected yet, so. Ah. I was hoping they were the I would get the Gundam ones, but no, no love. Some bullshit. So this whole thing is going down, 
and apparently somehow this plays right into Gendo's plans. I don't know how the hell this guy made just a plan for like every single thing. The guy acts like he's Shikamaru, but he's clearly not. It's like, what? You can only wish. Uh, and basically, Unit 13 awakens and manages to successfully pretty much destroy almost all of Unit 2, similar to how uh, Unit 1 destroyed uh, Unit 3 with Asuka piloting it in the second movie. Uh, only this, I would argue it's actually more violent this time around than the last one. And uh, yeah, basically gets chewed to bits and is absorbed into Unit 3's core in the process of being digested by this thing. So now Asuka and her entire being and her spirit, whatever, are now somewhere deep inside of the core of Unit 13 as a result of this. Meanwhile, all the while this is going down, Asuka is approached by this form that is apparently her original, saying that she is a clone of the Shikanami series, and then is absorbed by Unit 13. And so that's the thing I never understood was, at what point was Asuka a fucking clone? Because... Now. In NGE... I don't remember her ever being an actual clone of someone else. Yeah, neither do I. So, I don't retcon. I'm like, what is going on here? Like, they're showing all these memories that she used to have, similar to the ones she had in the original series. So what the hell is going on here? Did she just carry the same memories from the original? Or what? Where is the original? Is the original dead somewhere? Or are they living a lavish lifestyle in some mansion somewhere? I want to know. Not even on Earth anymore. Just some other planet. Oh, Christ. Just chilling. Not having to deal with all this stuff. Yeah. So AAA Wonder gets uh, taken over by the Evangelion Mark 9A. Uh which apparently Foyutsuki is said to have been responsible for originally. Which... 9A. Uh, yeah. So Gendo... Uh, is said to be the one in the uppermost nerve ship that's restraining the AAA wonder. And so this eventually leads to an actual, uh, so like he's actually like standing on the AAA Wonder right now, like his actual physical person. And uh, Misato, Katsuragi, and Ritsuko, the, her chief science officer, bestie, whatever, so the two of them decide to go out and confront him. So they get into this whole conversation about uh, deicide and how Gendo plans to put in motion what he has planned for everyone and how he's gonna basically do like a clean slate where there will be no more pain no more suffering everyone will be loved by all and whatnot and this plan of his to just obliterate and destroy and coalesce everything together into this crazy batshit thing to somehow make it all work for everybody and to help bring him some level of closure between him and his wife. And he mentions, like like I said before, like all this 
uh, other lore-based stuff like deicide and whatnot. And to be honest, some of it was going so fast that I just did not have time to uh, record it all. I was like, I don't know what the hell this guy's talking about anymore. I'm officially lost. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that whole thing goes down, and then Aritsuko decides to go ahead and shoot Gendo in the head. Um, however, it's revealed that her bullets are ineffective. And literally, when we watch this guy, he gets shot in the head at least two or three different times. And then he literally slumps back over. This guy straight up has like an actual physical wound in the back of his head where her bullets actually hit. And you actually see him like scoop up bits of brain matter from off the ship and slide it back into his bloodied head. Nuts. I was like, what the fuck? And uh, it's revealed that he fused the uh, key of Nebuchadnezzar into his own body and threw away his own humanity, essentially. Saying that uh, he added information that surpasses the logic of the known world into his own body. So when you see his face, literally where his eyes are supposed to be, there's nothing there. There's this, like, shape that's like a hole in his head, and it looks like, I'm not really sure how to describe it other than, it looks like maybe like a pair of, like, wings for, like, a phoenix or something on, like, a cartouche or, like, in a, what do you call it, uh, hieroglyphs. So it's like the wings on one side, and then it goes up in one side of his face, then same on the right side. And his eyes are basically gone, essentially. And then there's this other line that kind of goes down the middle. And so that whole shape goes from the front of his face all the way into the back of his other side of his head. And it's the trickiest thing. And I was like, what in the hell is going on here? And so he monologues about the whole purpose of the impacts, uh, Basically, there was the first impact, which, as far as I understand it, it didn't really do a whole lot in the rebuild universe. Uh, the second impact happened, that was to help purify the oceans. Uh, the third impact went off, and that was to help purify the Earth. And then the fourth impact, when and if it does go off, is supposed to help purify the souls. So... He goes through that whole thing about human instrumentality and the project and how he plans on starting the process of entering into the Unit 13 in order to complete his goals. Um, and then finally at this point... Hey Blake, quick question. Yeah. The, what do you say with the impacts were for again? Cleansing yeah, which ones? One was what? Okay, so in order... Okay, so the first impact happens, but nothing I guess really happened as far as I can tell lore-wise in the rebuild verse. Uh, so the second impact happens, that was supposed to help purify the oceans. And the third one was the Earth? The, the third one, yeah, goes off, and that's supposed to help purify the Earth. And then if the fourth one goes off or succeeds, it's supposed to help purify the souls. Okay, because I was just, I don't know the Bible too well, but uh, I think it's supposed to mimic, like, when the uh, Abrahamic God created the Earth. It's like steps, you know, each day is a different thing. Yeah. And that might be, like, the same order kind of idea. Reference to, yeah. Uh, I could, honestly, I couldn't tell you on that one. Because, um, you know, a lot of a lot of the show has very biblical 
references to it. It does, it really does. Um, but yeah, so at this point, Shinji actually ends up, he left his uh, little area, and he was able to finally make it outside of the ship onto where everyone's at now on the same platform. And he uh, talks to Misato and asks her, I'll pilot the Unit 1 if it means I have to stop my father, Gendo. And uh, at this point, uh, the girl with, like, the pink hair, who's been, she's kind of like, I guess, the, what's the word? I'm trying to think of a good way to put it without being too offensive, but I guess the brattier member of Villa on Misato's, like, main captain's bridge deck crew, uh, Midori. So her and then uh, Sakura Suzuhara, they're up there with everyone else. And uh, they're shocked just means disturbed green. at the decision for Shinji to try and pilot another Evangelion unit again. So much so that they, uh, that, uh, so Midori, she's the one who pulls up her pistol first. Is like, oh, there's no way in hell we're going to really let him do this, are we? And they're literally on the verge of having, like, mental breakdowns. Like, no, for the love of God, we've seen what happens when this kid pilots these things before. Why in God's name will we ever let him do it again? And, uh... Oh, Makes sense. He's not the one to fire off her gun. Instead, this time it's Sakura Suzuhara. So she also pulled her own pistol out of her holster. And fires it in an attempt to hit Shinji. But uh, Misato steps to the side in front of Shinji and ends up taking the bullet into her own body. And uh, kind of like Vivi-chan. Yeah, and she ends up apologizing to Shinji and thanking him for saving them all from destruction all those years ago during the near third impact using the Unit 1 14 years prior. Uh, saying that as a superior, she will take full responsibility for all of his actions um, at the end of the day. And that uh, Shinji is still technically her subordinate and under her care. And she'll also take responsibility for his actions the whole nine yards. And so we find out the whole reason that Sakura has been opposed to this whole thing was basically because uh, I believe it was she said that, uh, I want to say it was that, uh, what, uh, Toji and her both end up losing their dad because of the actual third impact that happened. Uh, in which which costed uh, the original Ryoji Kaji his own life in order to stop it, I guess. So he died, and then Sakura's set. So like, someone lost, some people lost some people because of this whole thing, and that's where all that stuff's coming from. And, uh, yeah, so finally Mari, so she's in her Unit 8, and she starts using the overlap ability so she first, she goes over, so those NHG warships that Foyutsky was piloting, they also have uh, Evangelion units that are actually like piloting them in a way, or act as like a sort of engine for the ships. And so there's the Evangelion unit Mark 9A, the Mark 10, the Mark 11, and the Mark 12. And they all have a similar design scheme and pattern, colors, the whole nine yards. Uh, they're all used, piloted by advanced Ayanami series clones. Uh, they're referred to as Vessels of the Atoms, and they're each a master of their own ship, essentially, but they don't have AT fields. 
So what happens is Mari eventually ends up taking these uh, Evangelion units out one at a time, and every time she does so, if she uses her unit to like devour them and absorb them, then it can use their form and sort of their power and their energy as if they were still an original Evangelion unit as part of its own. So it like absorbs them and is able to add their power to her own max power, which I thought was pretty neat. So she does that to the Mark 9A all the way up to Unit 10, 11, and 12. So she stops all of those. She stops the uh, NHG ships from being piloted by the other Evangelion units. And at this point, Shinji ends up entering into the Unit 1, which was the original engine for the AAA Vunder for the longest time. Um, and then once he hops inside, he's greeted by the original ray from inside it's like a vision or something and her hair's all long and shit and uh she apologizes to him for not having been able to make it so that he wouldn't have to pilot another evangelion unit again and he kind of thanks her um tells her that he'll take care of everything else from there on out and uh maya and ritsuko are shocked to find out that Shinji has an infinite synchronization rate with Unit 1, when originally in the third film it was stated that Shinji's sync rate was like at a 0.0009 something, or 1. So then uh, what happens is uh, Misato decides to hop back on board the AAA Wonder and use its remaining power sources and engine supplies and what have you to uh, pilot it toward the uh, what I guess you'd consider to be sort of like the gate for all the problems at this point at the cavalry base to sort of destroy the battleship with her on it in order to uh, stop anything from coming through and to kind of help seal things that way and all the while have everyone else that's been acting as her the crew to sort of evacuate the ship, hop in their escape pods, and get the hell out of there. And while all that's going on, uh, Shinji hops into Unit 1, and Mari and her Unit 8 kind of helps, like, pilot him and his Evangelion unit through what's referred to as uh, the Minus Space, sort of like the anti-universe. It's this uh, realm that exists uh, beyond the doors of Guff, which is like a gateway to the anti-universe. And uh, the doors of Guff are sometimes also referred to, there's the doors of Guff, and then there's the chambers of Guff. I think we mentioned this before in the last one, how it's Guff being a Hebrew word for uh, body, and how in Jewish mysticism, sometimes it's referred to, the chambers of Guff are referred to as the Otsar, the treasury of souls located in the seventh heaven. Uh, which is a place where unborn souls reside, allegedly. Um, but yeah, so that's the Chambers of Guff specifically, uh, which is mentioned in the original NGE. Yeah, just uh, some lore bits there, once again, with all the religion and stuff, the little references here and there. And um, there was a point when Misato, uh, not Misato, but her uh, right-hand Ritsuko had her... Uh, some kind of machine that she had out that could measure how far into the L containment field they were. 
now I guess like after go going however many thousands of feet down, there's a first layer, a second layer, then they reach to a point called the River of Blood, or also known as the P-H-L-E-G-E-T-H-O-N, the Phlegathon. And then there's a third layer. It was like a Black Friday sale. Yeah, and there was a third layer the further you go on down, and that third layer just beyond that is the Doors of Guff, and then beyond that's the Anti-Universe, which, once again, they don't really have any knowledge of the Anti-Universe because it's, well, the minus space is the Anti-Universe. So, at this point, Mari kind of leads Shinji in and kind of tells him, hey, you know, I'll come back for you. You just let me know when you're done or whatever it is, and I'll come find you. And uh, she kind of lets him go on ahead, and so then he follows his father in the Unit 13, activated and awakened in the Midas space, and goes in after him alongside him. And uh, they end up fighting in the Minus space. Uh, LCL there, it kind of ends up giving, it gives shape to their own perceptions. And so they kind of end up fighting in these surreal locations multiple different locations across space and time um, throughout even other Evangelion continuities. And it's very, very trippy because, like, at first, you know, they kind of fight and uh, they kind of proceed to pass through this uh, thing referred to as the Unit 1 and Unit 13 fighting. They're passing through this uh, thing referred to as the Golgotha object, which is like this trippy looking like giant key that's almost like made out of crosses at the end of it that's like the long key bit at the end there it's like a cross shape and so they end up at some point like actually falling into a portion of the end of the tail end of the Golgotha object which was built by these alleged unknown beings for various purposes that we can't even imagine in this other dimension. And so then they finally go into the object and that's where they actually begin fighting in the minus space. And uh, that's when Gindo reveals to Shinji the Evangelion imaginary, which is this, uh, they're kind of going through each other's memories of everything they've experienced up to now. And so how Misato showed Shinji the uh, white Lilith, this time it's a black Lilith and uh, Based on theories from Dr. Katsuragi, uh, Gindo refers to it as the Evangelion Imaginary. Um, at this point, Misato is preparing the AAA wonder in order to generate another spear, which Shinji will need in order to do what he needs to do in order to save the world and bring everything back to the way it used to be. So, at this point, we know that Gindo has the Spear of Longinus, and uh, as the fight kind of goes further on from there, um, Shinji ends up uh, fighting with the Spear of Cassius. So at that point, he and his father are basically an even match throughout most of the entire fight. And uh, yeah, while all that's going on and Misada's preparing the new spear, she realizes that the only way to get it to Shinji is if she hurls it at this giant amalgamation of a creature that's basically one giant form of ray 
which is the Evangelion imaginary given a physical form. And the only way to send it to Shinji through the giant ray is by sending the new spear through the giant ray's own eyeball. And uh, all the while she's trying to do all of that, Mari is using her Evangelion Unit 8 to make it back to Misato to help her. And ends up fighting off a new horde of nerve Evangelion units. And uh, <sighs> Misato ends up sacrificing herself in order to hold back the uh, additional impact that Gendo would have caused with the Evangelion unit imaginary. And ends up successfully sending the spear through the uh, Ava Evangelion imaginary's own eyeball and sending it through the minus space back to Shinji. And it's re referred to as the uh, Spear of Gaius when he does eventually get it. And uh, all the while, Misato ends up dying in an explosion at this point from forcing the AAA Wonder into the Evangelion Imaginary with so much force and power using whatever was left available in the engines. And then the ship explodes and Misato dies with it. Um, all the while, uh, Shinji ends up meeting Gendo in like a train, which this is kind of like an ongoing piece of scenery throughout all of four of the films at this point. And uh, kind of sees... His father would be the last villain. Their yeah, final boss. So this is when they finally start connecting as father and son a bit. He starts to kind of see things from Gendo's point of view, which he never really bothered to let his son know how he felt or about anything, really. And uh, he starts seeing visions of Gendo's own past life experiences um then how yui's loss kind of traumatized him and fucked him up that was weird. um and so shinji ends up helping his own father find closure because for the longest time it was just the two of them fighting as mechs in all these familiar locations across space and time each of them using their own spear to fight each other and realizing that they were an even match at, at every point to the point that it would have been just truly pointless to fight like that and so then they basically end up, it's basically kind of like the ultimate Genjutsu fight, if you want to think of it that way. They end up having to fight each other using their minds instead of their bodies. And uh, Shinji basically Fourth, ends up um, his... In Dragon Ball, it's called um, thought training. Yeah, so Shinji ends up helping his dad but... find closure, even though I don't personally think he deserved it. And uh, also, he meets Asuka at some point, but like in another area or dimension within the core of unit 13 where he finds her and he returns his feelings to her like oh i also had feelings for you too by the way so that was kind of adorable um cute yeah and at this point everything starts to become kind of surreal uh there's like a moment where shinji met up with ray and uh while using the spear of gaius to do everything he wants to do uh he tells her, I'm going to do a Neon Genesis. She's like, a Neon Genesis? Yeah. A world without Evangelion. And I'm like, oh my god, there it is. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Even has like the old school logo in the background from like a searchlight or something behind the two of them. Showing the actual old logo for the original Neon Genesis Evangelion series. I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> You gotta hit the nostalgia for the viewers. Yeah, holy hell. So at some point, uh, Shinji talks to Kaoru 
it also gives him the closure he's looking for uh, that he shouldn't have to live for Shinji's sake, but for his own. All the closure and for then, every character. Yeah. Kaoru speaks to an elderly Kaji, and they talk to each other for a bit. And uh, Kaji refers to him as Commander Nagisa, so I'm not sure if that's like a reference to maybe Kaoru, but from like another time period or another timeline, possibly. Um, and that he agrees to go to the settlement where the uh, younger Kaji is busy farming. And, uh, yeah, Shinji eventually, yeah, he settles on this reset of, a complete reset of the entire known world, referring to it as Neon Genesis, a world without Evangelion units. And so he ends up returning all of the Evangelions and the failures of Infinity back into their human and animal forms, restores the world to what it was, and turns into a world without Evangelion units by doing so. And so he does this using the Spear of Gaius alongside the Spear of Cassius and saves everybody by basically restarting everything without all that. And so what happens is he is... Well, okay, so first... He's like in this ocean world at some point where he's just kind of chilling on this beach. And then at some point, Mari finally shows up and her Evangelion unit is like, hey, sorry, I'm late. And then she, uh, the Evangelion unit shows up in the ocean, wherever this ocean's at. And then she jumps out of the unit and lands deep in the water and eventually comes back out of the water, does like a dramatic hair flip. She's like, made it right on time told you i'd be here or something like that he's like oh shit she kept her promise <laughs> and so then shinji goes chasing after mari and then at this point that's when the big reset kind of finally happens and all of a sudden uh we're kind of brought into this uh train station sort of like the final sequence and we see oscar ray and kaoru on the opposite platform of this train station. And then we see an older Shinji on the other, and he's approached by Mari from behind. It's the usual thing again. She's like, so, guess who? It's like, ah, oh, let me guess. Uh, glasses go with big boobs. She's like, ah, so I see. You have matured a little or something like that. Or he has grown up a little. And uh, we see an adult Shinji, so clearly what's happened here is it seems like everybody, all the years that the Evangelion unit pilots missed while they were uh, pilots for the units and the Curse of the Ava and all that, they've now regained all of their years back to them as adults now. So now they are however old they would have been at that point in time in those timelines in the real world now without Evangelion units yeah. and angels and all that. And, uh, yeah. Uh, Mari's surprised by Shinji's newfound confidence, and then he ends up taking off her glasses and uh, kind of flirtily or what have you. And then uh, he and Mari, they end up... Uh, he ends up grabbing her hand, and he's like, all right, let's go then. And then she and him, they both... Uh, start running up this flight of stairs and they just kind of keep a hold of each other's hands and they kind of keep going off and seeing the world leaving this train station behind them in the dust 
And that's basically where it just starts to, the screen then just kind of slowly starts to like pan out in this long wide shot while they just kind of keep on running to wherever they're headed to together. And, uh, yeah. I guess apparently, I don't know if that's, I know that's the ending we got. I don't know if there was another different ending out there. Uh, yeah, I'm I pretty sure the manga the... ended differently. Well, because I think someone said in the ending, there was a different ending where, so, they do the whole thing where Shinji grabs Mari's hand and then they both, as adults now, they run up the flight of stairs and out into the world and then Shinji lets go of her hand and then there's a sequence of transitions into live action sequences of uh, Anno, the creator's own hometown, uh, applying apparently that, uh, uh, implying that apparently, um, all of the children have found closure in their reality or something like that but yeah no basically I, I liked how the end up for us it was like okay so he and Mari it looked like they were maybe gonna be a thing maybe not I don't know and um the manga it's he it's basically that um Shinji and Asuka are supposed to be together but it doesn't do like any of the Mari stuff Apparently, um, the author had no idea how he wanted to end the series. But as there is no end to mental illness, for Anno, the author, there is no true ending for Neon Genesis Evangelion. The original ending of the show illustrates that despite the suffering of existence, it is better than feeling nothing at all. Well, damn. So, Some I guess, deep shit. Go whatever yeah, route you want. For an ending. Well, so, yeah, the kind of the ending I got from that was okay. So he and Mario are holding hands. They head out of the station together, and they never seem to leave each other's side the whole time after that. So my assumption was okay. I'm gonna assume either one they like remain close friends, and they just kind of stay in each other's lives forever as like besties or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. They see each other's lives, but as like actually like lovers, and so they're maybe like a committed, long-term, monogamous relationship together. But then there's also the other ending for not these movies, where he's with Asuka, and they're it's not quite as everything's all fine and all dandy. It's uh, yeah, I don't know. It's hard to describe. It's weird. Yeah, yeah. But we're Which finished. Been, we finally did it. I would have been fine with him and Mari being together. Personally, I think the whole him and Asuka thing, I just never really saw it working out one way or the other. I feel like no one literally made sense other than po- probably Asuka. If, like, if you're going to go that route. Well, it's like they kind of like did kind of set some of the seeds up between him and Mari. It was like these little bits here and there throughout all four films, kind of like showing her story arc and how it connects to Shinji's and the more I think about it, I could see it definitely being a possibility. Uh, there was, like, a brief moment where we saw in, like, one of the flashback sequences, I think it was Gindo specifically, you saw someone who looked a lot like Mari uh, at some point throughout the whole thing. Uh, yeah. And she was, like, in those flashbacks, or someone who looked like her in those flashbacks, and it's kind of assumed that she was the person who kind of helped introduce Gindo to Shinji's mother, Yui. So, I, I would assume that, I guess, at some point shortly after that, she became a pilot for Emmett, 
an Evangelion unit or something like that somewhere down the line. I guess apparently angels were attacking that early on in the series. I don't know. Because I don't know how she stayed as young as she did if all that time had passed. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe she's supposed to be a motherly figure to him. Because they did mention how that he doesn't need a girlfriend, he needs a mother earlier. I don't don't know. Now that everybody's adults and it seems like everybody that died came back, including hopefully Misato as well as Kaji. Mm-hmm. I'd like to think because of the whole big grand reset thing that now anything's possible. But I would like to think that he and Mari did get together and kind of lived a version of Happily Ever After as you could do it. Or at least in that world. Yeah. Yeah. It all right. Good. It was nice. It wasn't all doom and gloom and depressing. Yeah. It was full of hope and like, okay, well now you know, sky's the limit here. Uh, at this point, it's really up to them where they go from there. And uh, I liked it. I thought it was a solid ending. I thought it was much better, more positive compared to the ending we got in the other Evangelion films outside of this series that were used to kind of help wrap up the original series. I did not care for that ending at all. I thought that was just awful it's fair um but yeah no, i i get where the creator's coming from and the whole thing with mental illness and all that i do think that makes a lot of sense personally for me i think uh with this series of movies in particular i think that uh all four of them are kind of meant to be enjoyed as their own separate thing like i feel like it was made specifically possibly for people who aren't uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion fans at all to kind of enjoy as like its own separate thing but it also does help to be enjoyed by someone who has at the very least who has probably seen the original Neon Genesis Evangelion series so that way they kind of do have an idea of what's going on yeah or a better understanding of the lore but uh, yeah alright well we uh, finally finished yeah Evangelion uh, yeah. There's only, there's only one scene that I missed, unfortunately. That's okay. Because the whole what meeting, happens? Well, it was the whole meeting between uh, Mari and uh, Fuyutsuki there before everything ended. Because she does somehow like sneak on board the ship that he's on just before like everything ends, and she hops in her unit and meets up with Shinji before the big reset. And uh, she like talks with him briefly, and it's mentioned how she was a mentor. Or he was a mentor to her at some point, and her full name was like Maria Iscariot. And I was like, okay, yes, that's interesting. And then she just kind of left, and then the ship shut down, and then I'm pretty sure he died. So, all right. Um, so yeah, that's nice. the ending of Evangelion. Uh, this four movies. Um, Colton has our next anime review. Are you ready? I am. Naruto. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so does um, uh, I really, um, so, if you, ha- if you don't know, now you do, um, I've been on the One Piece train for a little while, uh, about 80 episodes in, but, uh, I think, uh, I think we need to get us a little One Piece episode in, and I think it would be cool I think so. I think I'm gonna recommend watch a little, uh, a little One Piece. Yayo, yayo. 
No. Yeah, yeah, but it has to be the yeah, it has to be the for kids dub. No, absolutely not. We will not be doing the for kids dub. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely not. I'm thinking we could probably a, cover the East Blue Saga. Do you think they did an episode 1000? Do what? Do you think they did an episode 1000? No. No. Yeah, they didn't. No, they didn't. They don't have the rights to do that. It would have to be, a, have have to be a fan it? made. What? How long did they have the rights for? I don't remember. They lost the rights when Funimation bought them. They lost the rights when freaking the executives of Funimation heard the freaking thing. They watched like, the you know episode what? and were just like, nah. Nah, we're done. <laughs> Alright, so we'll probably cover, uh, at least review and talk about the East Blue Saga, since we're all familiar with that. Mm -hmm. And it's not too much to talk about. It's a, it's a bit, but it's not too much. We don't, that'll be fine. East Blue Saga. Let's go. Alright, uh, yeah. I gotta get going, so um, you can find us anywhere you listen to a podcast. Just search Anime News and Reviews Podcast, Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, wherever, pretty much. Uh, we have a Twitter account, which I'm now getting to get go got, and uh, we will be posting new episodes, any updates, all the yeah. all the stuffs. Uh, anime N and R. N and R. Sorry. Uh, so anime, the letter N, the word and, the letter R. Just search that in Twitter. You'll find us. Give us a follow and share our stuff, please. Quick question. Yes. So what were you two's thoughts on the entire four film series? Which film did you prefer out of all four? The whole. Yeah. Colton, you go first. Be quick, though, because i got to get going. <laughs> Uh, probably, if I had to choose, uh, the second one, probably. If I had to choose, probably... Yeah, I'll go with the second one as well. Actually. What about you, Blake? I gotta say, my favorite out of this whole thing was four. I think that was just a much better ending That's that fair. I think a lot of fans would have preferred and deserved. So it, it did what it was supposed to do and what he set out to do, giving them an entirely new ending. So That's fair. Yeah. Top tier. Yeah, that's lit. Let's go. All right. Well, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Yeah.